thank you for listening to Zero Brightness. If you'd like to support us directly, you can go to patreon.com slash zero brightness. You can also find and interact with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Discord. All the relevant links are at zerobrightness.com. We'll see you later. just talking about how everything sucks mm. which is appropriate Damn. because you know what else sucks anime <laughs> well, that no mm-hmm. now you're being now you're being cruel all right here's the deal cruel Every- uh, angles thesis thesis <laughs> everyone knows that i have this chip on my shoulder about anime um but it's because i grew up watching a fuck ton of it and like when i was a little kid through my teenage years i was right. like animes this shit back when i called it japanimation yes exactly mm-hmm. like I was the there. first time I, the first time i saw anime was like on public access when i lived in houston and they were playing dragon ball and i was like damn Uh-oh. what the fuck is uh, this bro bullshit my my exposure to anime was much different and less wholesome than that yeah <laughs> my mom's boyfriend had some videotapes uh, nasty videotapes? No, ones? he just had oh. like, like I saw like Akira and uh, he had uh, one of the MD Geist videotapes. Oh, nice. <clears throat> um, yeah, so like, I mean, I almost immediately got into like Pokemon and Dragon Ball and all that because that's, that was right before that stuff started coming over here, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, the stuff I saw initially before I understood like the concept of anime was like that stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Which, you know, no seven-year-old should be watching, but... For sure, for sure. But that's kind of a theme on this show, but... um, Yeah, I reckon. There's a great moment from... I think it's the Elden Ring episode with me and Tony where I'm like, yeah, I watched Berserk when I was a little kid. And he was like, little kid. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) And he was like, I heard that right, right? And I was like, yeah, for sure. And then we just moved on. Yeah, just a little boy. Uh, Face of a woman. Um, etc. <laughs> anyway, so my thing was that I grew up watching a ton of anime. I loved it. And then I kind of just stopped watching it because I was like, I need to watch other stuff. I need to enrich myself. I need to watch like movies and, and all this kind of shit. And I mean, that's the fork in the road. You either enrich yourself or, uh, you or don't. <laughs> yeah, like, basically. Uh, yeah. And so I didn't watch anime for many years. I came back to it in my like late 20s and I had a a few years where I just mainlined a bunch of anime because I found that I had not watched it for so long that there had been this like buildup of cool weird shit and I was mostly into stuff that was weird and experimental and didn't have tropes that's the big thing Mm -hmm. I'm gonna keep returning to in this episode I do not like the tropes of anime I do not like the standard issue style writing conventions of anime. I strongly, strongly dislike it. And I have such a low tolerance for it that I basically have like an allergic reaction when faced with it. So that meant that I had a few years, maybe two or three years of watching all this really cool anime, shit like Tatami Galaxy or like Kids on the Slope or like Flowers of Evil I've talked about on the show before, just like um, the Rakugo anime, just stuff that's basically just like adult drama with really cool art and music and direction that just happens to be in the art form of anime, of which there is a lot of, right? And that kind of goes back to those classic films, like Akira, it's a classic movie. You know, anything by Satoshi Kon, it's a classic film, like, but then, when I had gone through all that stuff and I said, well, okay, I'm in the anime now. Let me get like a Crunchyroll account and like, uh. <laughs> and like, let me try and see what's new, what's going on. No. Everything I tried, I hated. Even like stuff that was like sort of connected to something that I liked. Like a, a great example is that I really like the show um, Madoka, the like kind of satirical uh, magical girl show. Have you seen that one? Oh yeah, uh huh. You know it, yeah, yeah. I like started to watch something, and I don't, uh, 
I don't remember why I stopped exactly, but I did stop. <laughs> well, so Madoka is amazing because it's like such a huge subversion of the tropes of a magical girl show. It basically like starts off kind of normal and then very quickly gets weird and dark and then ends up as this like big critique of the exact format that it is like a part of. I think it's brilliant. And the writer of that show wrote another show that's part of a longer series called Fate. Mm-hmm. And so I watched the show that he wrote and I liked it. It was good. And I was like, well, this Fate series has like a bunch of different stuff in it. Yeah. Maybe I should check out another one of these because there was a new one that was coming out. And I tried to watch that and I was I'm like, I'm going to play the mobile game. This is awful. What the fuck? It's like yeah. a waifu game where you mm-hmm. can fuck gender swapped King Arthur. Mm-hmm. What? Like it was the worst thing ever. And that was when I realized like, oh, all this stuff that I hate, like the objectification of women, the casual sexism, the dorky, terrible dialogue, the weird, very uncomfortable inclusion of incest and sometimes pedophilia and all this stuff. There is like, a word for it they're called tropes and somehow <laughs> it's just normalized and people are just like this is fine and like i would like to rewind the tape a second and remind people that i just included incest and pedophilia and like somehow yeah. i'm not saying everyone or i'm not saying every anime show or whatever i'm just saying that largely across the culture of anime likers there are many, many people, I would dare say even the majority, who are fine with the normalization of these concepts. And once I realized that, I just like couldn't do it anymore because <laughs> like it was like any new thing I click on, I'm unless it's by a very trusted director who like I know only makes good shit there is a high probability that I'm either just going to be turned off by boring, bad writing shitty stuff that makes me not want to watch it or I'm going to be confronted with something that I find seriously morally objectionable and right now I'm putting all the jokes and memes and things that I say all the time like anime is haram anime is against my religion you need to call Allah because you're watching too much anime I'm putting all that aside and I'm saying that like (laughs) some of this stuff is actually seriously morally objectionable and there are people who mainline so much of it that they like justify some of this stuff in the real world. And I think that's fucked up and gross and I'm not okay with it. So, I mean, I'm not even okay with people trying to just justify it being in the, in the, in the medium. I don't, it's not a medium, but you know what I mean? A genre, I guess. The style. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Like <laughs> we don't need to do this. You don't need to explain to me why it's okay that like 80% of popular anime are about teenagers, but it's like explicitly about them, like wanting to fuck. <laughs> Yeah, and then exactly. having like two adult characters that just like interact with them like they're also adults. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, yeah. I, 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 I was, I've been thinking about it a little lately, and I think maybe, I think maybe it's just a money thing to some degree. Like I think that stuff always performs better. Sure. And that's why like everything new that comes out for the most part is just like hot garbage. Because yeah. you're, you're, you're going to get more guaranteed money off of all of the like weird, just like gross, horny bait stuff. And also a lot of those shows, I think, rely pretty heavily on more like uh, inexpensive production measures or like aggressive crunch out of like salaried employees or like what have you. Right. Like yeah. I, yeah, I don't. I'm not gonna say that like the days of like a crafted film are gone because yeah, they still happen occasionally. But I think the like heyday of those might kind of be over for that genre. Yeah, there's definitely a churn, like a churn and burn problem in anime. It would seem because like anime goes in seasons and it roughly follows like the weather. See, like the four seasons, Vivaldi, you know, it's uh, been four seasons at the four seasons twice. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it roughly follows that. And so they need new shows every season. And, um, you know, as time passes, there's been more of a push to get more shows out every season. And so for a few years, 
you were seeing shows that came out unfinished, very cheaply animated, very low quality. And it was clear that it was just like they were burning people out. They were having people crunch super hard. And now the new thing is like that plus the embrace of CGI, which is like to me just the most like hideous looking shit I've ever seen. Like the CGI anime stuff I can't even watch. Mm. It's so It depends for me. I like... I got used to it pretty quick. I think um, I got like I got the they did an Appleseed movie that was CGI. Like the initial one had been like a just a normal like 80s cell animated thing. And then they rebooted it later with like a not CGI anime style where it's like cell shaded, but like literal like 3D models. Right. Um, And I kind of I kind of was like, okay, this is I can. I can kind of mess with this. So I I came to accept it really quick. And so it's not always an immediate no for me. It just depends on, uh, you know, how they implement it or if it's a mix of different techniques or yeah, what have you. But some of it does look pretty, uh, pretty crap. Yeah, pretty some of it is, is real doo-doo. Um, but... Yeah, so I guess that's all to say for me that I don't really watch anime anymore. It's been a few years now. I'm just not really into it. Um, I guess overall, I'd have to say I'm like anime agnostic because like mm-hmm. some of my favorite movies still are. Oh yeah, anime and like I'll go like I'll go and rewatch like Perfect Blue and Akira and like that kind of shit. And even like sometimes, I mean, some of my biggest aesthetic inspirations are like anime series so like every once in a while i will rewatch lane and boogie pop phantom those are probably the big ones for me where like in terms of like the art and that i make and the aesthetics and stuff that those two shows were like a huge inspiration um i've been known to sample both of those things on stage sometimes Mm -hmm. um and so like you know i don't know like it's it's weird because <laughs> I really like some of it and then there's so much of it that I just it goes beyond like I hate it and until like I just don't fuck with it I can't even be around it kind of so that makes it all very weird that today we're talking about two anime games that are like very very anime ass anime hey, games this is your idea yeah, well, and like, how did I this want the ha- record to show that, by the way, ahead of time. This is his idea, not mine. Well, OK, so it's my idea. I'm an adult. I'll take responsibility for my actions. I have no problem with that. But I want to also say that I blame you because <laughs> in, in the Souls-like episode, which will have come out before this, you said Code Vein is a really good Souls-like. All right. well, I don't know if that's what I... I don't remember exactly what I said, but I don't think that's exactly what I said. You are generously paraphrasing. Uh, but y- y'all at home can um, connect yeah. those dots. It's fine. All right. So maybe... Well, that's what I heard. Okay. And okay. so... All right. I played Code Vein, and it turns out that Code Vein is actually a fantastic Souls-like Uh Mm-hmm. Code Vein is maybe the best Souls-like. Uh-huh, but... But it also is smothered in the worst anime garbage possible. Mm-hmm. It's, it is unbearable at times for, like, how hot garbage anime it is. But the gameplay is low-key kind of brilliant. Um, so there's that. Uh, which we'll talk about. Uh, but then after that, like I liked that so much that we were kind of talking about another anime game that you wanted to play. And then so I bought it for you for your birthday. Uh, Scarlet Nexus is what I'm talking about. And so I bought myself a code too. And I said, <laughs> why don't we play both of them and then do an episode on anime games because that'll be funny because I don't even really like anime. But The Takeover... What it, what ended up happening was kind of the same for me personally was the same thing with both games where like I thought the gameplay side of it both games is like pretty great but then like the anime aspects of it like almost ruin it for me but then like I had very different reactions to each game because of how I felt about the gameplay in each one and so I'll say one game I'm 
getting up to kind of an outrageous hour count in how much I've played it, and then the other game I could barely get through it. So, uh, yeah. I think that um, what we've learned here today is that anime ruins everything. I mean, it's certainly, it's trying. Don't I know it. Um. (laughs) But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's talk about some games. Let's start with Code Vein. Uh, because Code Vein is the one that I'm most interested in and that I have more to say about. Um, I don't remember what everyone else was talking about, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to fucking play Code Vein. Yeah. No, it's good. It is good. And it is (laughs) good. It's just, uh, Code Vein is like the souls like for, um, Philly, like crust punk dumpster divers, probably. I guess. (laughs) Like... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's it's good. Like the gameplay is good, but man, look. And if you secretly love Jiggle, like if you won't tell anyone, you keep that on the inside. Like just go play Code Vein. You'll love it. Yeah, everything Jiggles, and <laughs> the gameplay is actually I don't know, pretty good. I think so. Code Vein was pitched as like quote unquote anime souls, right? It's just an anime version of Dark Souls. And that's true. But if you go to the subreddit, which like you'll end up there because you'll inevitably have a question about the game. Oh, I've never been there. That's crazy. You okay. went there? Well, I was just Googling answers to questions, just like you do when you play a FromSoft game, right? Like you find a thing and you're like, what the fuck does this mean? I, I didn't do that in that game. It like felt, you know, um, it didn't feel quite as obtuse. So I kind of just found my way through it. I didn't really Google anything. So I, I fortunately avoided what the fan circuit for that game must look like. Yeah, well, it's horrifying. And basically, they're all just in it for the waifus. And mm-hmm. this game is Waifu City. It oh, is yeah. Hell yeah. the best comparison I can think of. If you're familiar, listener, is the company VanillaWare. Um, VanillaWare broke out in the West for a game called Odin Sphere. And then they had another game that I think was called like... Um, Oh, I can't remember. It's some samurai game uh, on the Wii. Yeah, fuck. I'm just going to look them up. Okay, please enjoy Justin's typing sounds isolated over cyber hacker music because these typing sounds are fucking insane. Justin, what were you doing? But so the thing with Vanillaware is that they make these really good, like, side scrolling action RPG games, very unique, but the character designs that they became known for were these like super ridiculous titties. Okay. Look, all right. I'm going to cut you off right here. So I'm on the Google page. Uh, was Muramasa the game you were Muramasa. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm just here. I just type in vanilla where scroll down after the first four links to the, uh, embedded images tab example third image is of a lolicon robot girl whose legs are spread yeah see that's that's not good i mean why would you do that (laughs) see that's the thing with vanillaware it was like they made these really cool unique side-scrolling action rpg games they were very fun there was nothing else like them there still really isn't anything else like them but they became known for these horny anime pinup girl designs that were like all over their games. Like if I'm remembering Odin sphere correctly, I think every character is a woman and they just have like giant boobs and are dressed in like the most ridiculous shit ever. Right. I mean, when I think of those or uh, their games, so like the thing that comes to mind is the like, um, it's a dragon's crown. I think the like, yeah, the lady with the, the like barbarian lady would just like the gargantuan knockers or whatever. Yeah. But like everything else was a dude. I, you know, I didn't, I, so I didn't know how bad it really was. I guess I just, that was the only one I knew of. Well, that's the thing is that they eventually kind of had, had to knock it off. Cause with that game, they caught so much heat for how absurd the character designs were. And then their their most recent game is that 13 Sentinels game that mm-hmm. a lot of people like and is supposedly really good. So they've kind of knocked it off with that bullshit, but they were known for it for many years. And like I played Odin Sphere and Miramasa and like playing those games was frustrating because I felt like the games were really good. But then, yeah, the visual style and the character designs were just so obnoxious and bad. Yeah. And 
Code Vein is just that all over again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess the difference in Code Vein really is that, like, if you don't, like, make your character a woman with giant boobs and you don't, like, partner yourself with a character who's a woman with giant boobs, then, like, you won't have to deal with it for, like, 99% of the games, but then the cutscenes just kind of, like, throw it in your face, like, pretty aggressively. Mm-hmm. So... It's frustrating in that regard and it sucks. And also it has this garbage anime story that like it's set in an interesting world and it has some cool ideas. Like it's a post-apocalypse very similar to both of these games are very similar to um, near automata. Like, Oh, I thought you were going to say final fantasy. The spirits within. No, dude, no one cares about that shit. Stop bringing it up. Well, I'm going to be the last person on that hill, okay? You really are, honestly. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of everyone hating that movie. It's not bad. It's just not relevant. Stop bringing it up. You bring it's it up always relevant. Episode. You bring it up every fucking episode, dude. Knock it off. Stop, Stop it. it. Get That's the help. real Get reason help. people keep coming back. <laughs> oh, is he going to say Spirits Within again? Um, uh, but anyway, uh, C- Code Vein and Scarlet Nexus both have a lot in common with uh, Near Automata. I said it really weird last time. I'm doing a, another man, line. I've right heard now. it pronounced seven different ways, so I always just who I never like fault anyone for how they pronounce yeah. that game. That's fine. I let the spirit move me. Um, but anyway, so it's set in a post-apocalypse. You can see the remnants of a modern world scattered about this apocalypse. Um, in this game, some crazy apocalyptic event happened and everyone came back as vampires. Uh, and you're trying to, I don't know, save the world. It's really like, it has cool ideas at the core of it, but it's very bad ultimately. And like, the cutscenes are bad. The way that they reveal the backstory is these weird quasi playable segments that are super boring and awful. Um, I think every piece of dialogue I've heard so far is like pretty bad, but uh, <laughs> you can skip most of that stuff. Like I'm kind of like 50 50. I'm skipping like probably half of this shit and then just picking up the rest via context because none of it is very like deep and also i feel like the game kind of knows that some people are just skipping a bunch of this shit because like you'll skip a scene and then the next scene will start with someone summarizing what just happened i'm like yo thanks doc (laughs) um the cliff's notes after you uh skip the cutscene yeah yeah it's very epic but like damn it (laughs) um but what you actually do for the majority of the game is just dark souls but with the job system from final fantasy Mm -hmm. 5 which is weirdly genius like it's the one twist that they put in but it's like such a massive twist that it changes how you play the game and i think it's completely brilliant something to note is both of these games have more of a um like an instanced area vibe more like i guess dark souls 3-ish like you're go- you're going to zones you're not that's not it's not the like metroidvania style connected uh like overworld sort of stuff right um which obviously dark souls like one is really linear um but it is all connected until you get teleportation just so you can backtrack a little easier. But um, yeah, yeah, these definitely. are all like you're kind of doing levels uh, almost. It's very like post Dark Souls 3. So like a lot of the ideas in this game are very similar to the original Dark Souls, but the way that they're streamlined and presented here, it's very similar to Dark Souls 3. So like if you're a fan of that game, this game will kind of feel instantly likable. I think Code Vein has a slow start and I think the beginning is way too easy. Like the difficulty doesn't really kick up to the point where you actually have to like know what you're doing and use the game systems until about the halfway point. And the halfway point is after you complete an area called the cathedral that's like absurdly difficult to navigate and a lot of people (laughs) just stop playing there because it's 
It's like a giant maze. Um, but that's actually where the game gets like really good <laughs> is because like after that, the difficulty kicks up and everything just becomes a lot more punishing and you have to like stay on your toes. I felt like the first half of the game, it's a little too easy and you can kind of just breeze through it. But after the cathedral, I'm a, I'm like three areas past that now and the game just gets better and better as it goes along. I mean, it's not a bad like gameplay um, decision. I don't think to like give someone who what probably like a dozen hours to get like really familiar with their character because right. uh, which some of that stuff you can kind of swap on the fly so it's not i guess like your character isn't quite as like rigid as it would be in a souls game um yeah but yeah like you get really confident in your in yourself and then you know it like i guess it depends on your perception like it can be really off-putting to suddenly have to like really make sure you're dodging on time or keeping track of where your health's at and whatnot. But, you know, I, I think there's at least some merit to, like, giving someone a dozen hours to get, like, to feel good at the game, I guess. Yeah. And kind of get familiar with how everything works and then... Because the bosses are at least, like, a little mechanically intensive in general. So you, yeah. you do have to work a little bit until you get to that point. Right. But yeah, I, I mean, you're right. I just feel like if you're familiar with FromSoft games, it feels easy. Like even oh, yeah. once mm -hmm. you, you try a couple times, it's still like, dude, this is like nowhere near like a FromSoft level of challenge. But then after the cathedral, it actually kind of gets up there. Like almost immediately, you're kind of in like a Dark Souls three i'll say like level of challenge so not as intense as the first two but i think the the way i kind of like try to like make sense of it in my brain is like if you made the um what's the sword called in dark souls one that you can like get really really close to the starting area oh this those vihander yeah like that whole cheese where you just like basically run past all the enemies, grab it and run out. <laughs> yeah. And like, if you go for that strategy, it makes the first like 10 to 15 hours of dark souls, like pretty much a breeze. Like you can kill all the bosses and like six hits with it. Cause you can two hand yeah. it without like much of any stats. Uh -huh. It's kind of like that. If you didn't have to do any of that, like you just, <laughs> you pick a character and you figure out which weapon you like and all that shit. And you're just, smashing everything you know which is like which is fun i it, yeah which again uh that episode will have already come out by the time this one comes out but it is like more accessible in that way like it's fun to just like go in with the big fucking whatever you have and just smash everything and not yeah. have to like micromanage your stamina meter rolling around to make sure you can get a hit in with your giant sword. Like, you know, sometimes you want to be guts from Berserk and just smash. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I actually think that now that I've played more of the game, I do agree with that. That like, initially I was like, man, this game is just too easy. But then it's actually just preparing you for when the, the challenge actually kicks up. And I really, really enjoyed that. I think... So I want to talk about the job system for a second or like the class system because it's so fucking good. But it's another thing where like early in the game, I was like, eh, I don't know about this because it seems like unnecessary considering I can just kind of smash everything with my sword. But then <laughs> once the challenge kicks up, like if you've been engaging with it and you learned how to use it, then it's actually awesome. And suddenly it's like very, very useful. But... So basically the way it works is in this game, you know, in, in Dark Souls, I'm assuming people listening or most people listening like know how it works but in dark souls the way that you do a character build is when you level up each time you choose a stat to increase and so doing that basically makes a character who's more adept at certain things than others and then as you play the game you'll have to talk to certain npcs or do certain side quests in order to get like more weapons or more spells or whatever it is that you need to actually like do the character build that you're doing but uh in this game, when you level up, you don't choose stats. You just level up, all your stats go up. But you then have 
like armor you can choose that changes your base stats and makes you more adept at certain things or others. And then you have equipable classes. So at any time you can go into your like equipment loadout and change your class. Changing your class changes your base stats and it also gives you access to certain skills that you can equip as hotkeys. So then while you have that class equipped, you can use those skills and then you can level them up until you master them. Once you master them, you can use them with any other build and they just go into a pool that you can equip at any time, regardless of what class you have currently equipped. Yeah, you're you're kind of like farming um, like perks, basically, like whether they're passive yeah. or active skills, like you're mm-hmm. like you're encouraged to continue to use these um, these classes and stuff that you're given. And some of them are kind of redundant, I guess, like some of them can be really similar to another. But the whole point is that, you know, if you if you level through them, you'll get access to certain abilities and you can kind of mix and match stuff. And that's once again, it's exactly like Final Fantasy V, where you could make any character, any class from this ever expanding list of classes and you unlock more the more you play the game. But the point of it was to pick that job. It's called the job system, master it. And then when you go back to your base, you know, character, you can use the skills that you mastered from that class. That's exactly how it works here. And there's like, there's a weird quirk with the controls where basically like you hold the right trigger and it brings up like a sub menu and you can then use like the face buttons and the D pad or whatever to like, um, like select uh, different abilities you want to use. And once again, early in the game, it's kind of like, this is weird. It's almost feels like a distraction or something. But then as you get into the game, you realize like, no, that's a huge part of the design here. Like you're supposed to be learning sk- uh, skills, exploring different classes. You can get skills and then use them with like the actual class that you like to play as. Um, and it's awesome. So like, you know, I spent my time grinding with like a caster class, even though I don't love playing that way, because then I can go back to the class I like, which is just like guy with giant sword, which is what I like in all these games. Uh, and then I still have like a ranged attack. I have like a way to heal any status effects I get, you know, but then I also have like attack you know, attacks that I have that are special abilities too. So I have like a really powerful combo or I just have like one big swing or I can raise my attack power, whatever. And like, it's so fucking cool. And it's such an interesting approach to like character class in a game like this. It's similar to how flexible Elden Ring is, but it's like even more flexible. Once again, it's built around the idea that you can change your class like for a fight or for an area to make it, more manageable and it's like super fun i love it you like anime games don't you squidward (laughs) oh my god do you think that um code vein is like the only game that's taking a stance against like this whole war that's going on against like wanting to play big sword because i feel like yeah like i feel like everyone's like nah big sword's out you can't do big sword no more yeah dude they they saw us cheese dark souls one and they were like never again you're not going to ever do that ever again. And it's like, but that's all I want to do. I just want to do that. That's fun. That should like, I don't like that. So many of these games have a thing where it's like, no, they want you to like they, they, or they want you to like, that's the difficulty setting is you, is the character class you pick. Like, I don't like that. It shouldn't be like that. Every character class should be equally viable. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I agree. And I think that is why I like, this design choice in Code Vein so much because it's like it lets you explore all the different play styles at once and then create like a balanced character that is also very flexible. So like even just like like you were saying, you have active perks that you hold RT to bring up and use. They're almost like more like spells or buffs. And then you have passive perks. And the passive perk thing is really interesting because like it's almost like rings like how the rings work in dark souls yeah but like you can change them drastically as you're playing the game and once again you can go grind in different character classes in order to unlock things and then you can change your loadout really dramatically and you can change the things that you're actually able to do 
And yeah, I mean, it's definitely geared towards like Big Sword, like Big Sword rocks in this game, which is another reason that I'm very like pro code vein. Yeah, I'm like, like said, really, I'm hard pressed to think of a weapon that isn't a big sword or like a big axe or glaive or like whatever. Like everything I can remember in that game is just you have a big ass. Like there's guns in it, uh -huh. but like, it, OK, am I making it up? It's called a gun glaive, right? I think so. I haven't like they, they really like were all. like someone just like got really high and they were like gun blade, gun grave, gun glaive. <laughs> and like, <laughs> like that's, you know, that's a little different. It's ranged or it's like a combo, basically. Um, but even that's like it's fucking 20 feet long. It's huge. And when you swing uh, yeah. it, you swing in like a big like everything is just like really bombastic in that way, which I, yeah. makes it fun. Like that's always like that's fun. Like the. It's the Michael Bay effect, like the bigger and just dumber it is, like the cooler it is. Yeah, that's the thing is like another thing about the visuals in this game. Like, I don't like the character designs, right? I already kind of popped off about that. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm anti it. But the thing that does work that's very anime is like little guy with giant fucking sword swinging it around. It's, oh, yeah. it's visually exciting. Like, it looks cool. And that's kind of one of those like only in anime things like the cloud the cloud for final fantasy 7 he just mm -hmm. he anime dude full on so like this is that you know and it rocks I couldn't agree more i love anime <laughs> but i mean yeah the, that's the thing with code vein is like the more you play it the more fun it is but it will always take its moments to remind you that like <laughs> they care about the story and characters and they yeah. don't want you to just run around in a burning field killing guys and like if you're like me you just want to run around in a field burning field killing guys and like it's it's a bummer um I will say that I would recommend you play it on PC so you can download a mod that puts some fucking clothes on one of the main characters because like as egregious as all the like women oh. character designs are in this game there's one it's like the first person you meet in the game that's like so egregious that it's like mm -hmm. damn dog like even the horny animes are like dude put some clothes on her so like it, it's bad is, it's is what I'm trying to say yeah uh, plus you can probably get it cheaper on PC than you could anywhere else yeah I mean I bought this game for five dollars uh, you know and I've got like 20 I'm hours sure I it. paid like <laughs> I think I paid like 15 maybe but I was so just like no I want to play this now I'm ready I'm into it and yeah that's fine I think I got 15 dollars worth out of it yeah, I, I just think that like, so like I've kind of hinted at earlier, it might be the best Souls like, I still really like Jedi Fallen Order, um, but I think that like they both have a really interesting approach to doing a Souls like. Like in Jedi Fallen Order, it's all about making it more of like a AAA action game and then setting it within like a familiar world. Whereas with this game, I think it's, well, it's obviously the anime thing, but if you don't like or care about that, in terms of gameplay, it's more about making it like an old school RPG and also making it flexible to any play style, which I think is, is really cool. And I wish someone else would also do that with a visual style that I like better because <laughs> yeah, I really like, like the I, gameplay. I think that in the future, maybe um, all the people seeking to create Souls-likes games should probably look at stuff like this instead. Instead of just being like, oh, stamina bar, Estus flask, uh, parry system, uh, you know, and then they kind of make just like a really forgettable, crappy you know, just mid at best uh, Souls-like game. Like, I think, yeah. you know, they could probably learn some more valuable lessons from um, some of these weird games that you wouldn't really think would have kind of nailed a new take on that that core system. Yeah. Well, the other thing that's worth mentioning too quickly is that the combat feels really good and they nailed 
all the stuff from Dark Souls that feels good. So like, like I said, when I was talking about Jedi Fallen Order, there's like a weird problem with that game where like you can't roll behind dudes and hit them in the back, which is like <laughs> literally the most fun thing to do in Dark Souls. Not including it in your Souls-like game is like mm-hmm. massive fucking L, dude. But like in this game, not only can you roll behind guys and hit them in the back there's like a whole special system built around rolling behind guys and hitting them in the back to the point where you can ignore like a huge chunk of this whole thing called the drain system if you're just good at backstabbing dudes like you don't have to learn the drain system at all you can just backstab guys and it's like these fuckers get it like they get it dude uh well something we didn't mention is this is a bandai namco game yeah. And I think um there's definitely some amount of crosstalk between you know, like sub uh studios or offices or like whatever within like Bandai Namco's purview that I think right. they kind of like bounced off off of each other because all of these games that they have that aren't Dark Souls but might have a thing or two that reminds you of it. Like they all feel very good. It's just whether or not you're going to be into, usually it's whether or not you're going to be into like the animation or whatever. Right. Like they all feel good to play. Like, uh, yeah, like the, the tales game. I forget which one it is, what it's called. The most recent one. Like it feels really good to play. Um, yeah, I don't know anything about those games past the one on the GameCube, but it does come up Mm -hmm. a lot in conversations about this game. Like if you look around online, people are constantly comparing it to, I don't know. It's some fucking crazy name. It's like tales of Stevia or something. And it's like, Mm. what (laughs) What are you guys talking about? Tales of Activia? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like what? (laughs) Y'all, y'all taking some supplements or what? It is weird. I mean, they need to apparently yeah they're all jam they're all jammed up down there you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> my waifu oh, oh i did, did some fan art of my favorite, favorite boss she looks just like miku but i made the titties bigger okay so moving on let's talk about the other game we played um the one where uh, everyone's clothed yeah so scarlet nexus to me is kind of like the inverse of code vein where like you know, in terms of the visual style and design, for the most part, it's not like egregious anime bullshit. It's not giant titties flying around everywhere. But in terms of the writing, the dialogue, the characters, and the amount of that shit that it forces you to watch in order to like barely play an action game, I actually think it's like way more anime bullshit than Code Vein. Like, Code Vein is like yeah. microdosing anime bullshit while playing Dark Souls, whereas like Scarlet Nexus is like having someone waterboard you with anime bullshit while trying to play like Devil May Cry. <laughs> yeah, the cutscenes are crazy. Um, that's so that's kind of my main many. like gripe so with it currently, many. and like a, a thing that I keep running t- into is I will like I'll sit down to play something. And I'll be like, oh, Scarlet Nexus. And then I'm like, I just don't know if I feel like doing the cutscenes right now. Because most of the cutscenes aren't like animated. They're like kind of these comic panel style voiced dialogue, uh, visual novel hybrid like uh, scenes where there's Mm -hmm. some animation, but you're kind of just watching panels move. And these happen all the time. Constantly between main missions, you're going to see like six of these. And then there's going to be like a mini, a very mini mission somewhere mixed in. And like just the number of cutscenes you're going to get is crazy. It's absurd. I think maybe the like the big, big story cutscenes are like the, they're more like fully animated. So I, maybe you can just skip through a lot of that other stuff, but, um, yeah, man, but like here's, that, shit, here's the, that shit does get old pretty quick. Here's the problem with the story here is that or like the presentation of the story that we're talking about here, right? Is that like it's the whole game. If you skip it, there's no game because like for the first like five hours of this game, which is as much as I played of it before I was like, I can't fucking take this anymore. 
for the first five hours, the missions are like five minutes long. Yeah. And so it's like five minutes of mission. And I was playing on hard mode just because I was like, I want to maybe get a little bit of that like challenge, you know, because I'm mm -hmm. in the mood for that. The missions take like five minutes and then it's like 20 minutes of story shit and it's nonstop and it's boring. It's not interesting. It's not well written. I guess like the world, it's kind of novel. It's like kind of cyberpunky, but like I just did not give a shit. And then the game took it up a notch when like there's these like interludes in between missions where like you have to do the dialogue and story shit. And that's when I was like, okay, this is fucking absurd. Cause it's literally just like watching the absolute worst anime you've ever seen as a PowerPoint presentation. And that was the point. I think I got to the second or third one of those. And I was like, I can't fucking do this anymore. I just like, it's so obnoxious. And the thing that's crazy is like, that's right around the time the story gets a little interesting. And I did go online and look up like where it goes. Cause there is kind of like a twist and I was reading it and I was like, this is interesting. This is a cool idea for a game and a story. It's just told in the absolute fucking worst way <laughs> they possibly yeah. could. And to the point where like to actually play the game, cause there's two stories and I guess they total a pretty crazy amount of hours to play both storylines and put that many hours in this game, I was like, you'd have to either love anime to the point where you'll just like watch anything or just be a sociopath. Like I just, <laughs> I, I don't see it. I think this game is yeah. horrendous, dude. I don't, I don't love the, uh, the, the mandated like two playthroughs for the full story experience thing. I'm just, I, I guess I got to chalk that up maybe to like the Bandai Namco, like near Automata thing. Uh, oh, big time, big time. Because like a lot of the, a lot of the gameplay, um, and like some of the visual cues and like the, the way the world looks when you're in it, like they do borrow a little bit from that game. Uh, but yeah, this game, like, uh, there's a lot of good stuff in it, but it is mired in, uh, maybe I, I guess good anime bullshit. Like, there's there's no like Lolicon. There's no. Like everyone has clothes on. Um, the the tr like the tropey characters aren't too too bad. Like they can get a little like grating and whiny and annoying in the way that anime can. But for the most part, it hasn't been too bad after like seven or so hours of gameplay. But also, you're leaving out the fact that they include maybe like. I mean, it's obviously not the most toxic trope in anime because once again, incest, pedophilia, but it's got to be like four or five way up there, which is like the harem trope where like you're this awesome, cool, desirable male and there's this the giant stable of women who all want to jump your bones constantly. Well, here's the thing, I guess, to talk about. I, I chose the girl. Because I was okay. reading like the because I guess each one of them has like a more distinct um, play style. I guess not right. totally dissimilar to the way that like um, 9S and 2B play like a little differently in the air. <laughs> oh, yeah, you think? <laughs> yeah. And like I so I went with her because I was like, OK, that sounds that sounds more varied than his does to me. Uh -huh. So I'm gonna go with this. And so in that, like her part of the story is like she's adopted and she's just always really worried about her adoptive sister and like generally speaking none of the like dudes in this whatever military thing they're in I have no idea still what it is like none of them are like weird and leery really like it's fairly normal she's just like a gruff off-putting weirdo <laughs> yeah that's like trying to keep her sister safe and so I fortunately avoided uh, that in particular, at least at this point in the story. If you play it from the dude's perspective, it's all that. And it's ah, so okay. gnarly and bad. Wow. And being forced to like sit through it while also just like this really boring, um, unappealing cutscene style. It's crazy. Like the amount of fucking dialogue and cutscenes that's just meaningless boring tropey yeah, chatter they tried really hard to make it like a slice of life like uh 
you know, like the way persona games they'll have like the other half of like doing dungeons and battling and stuff is like the social yeah. aspect like they kind of tried to do that but it's like it's i don't know it's a little clunky. i mean i think it's definitely i mean and i don't play those games because I'm a fucking adult wow. and I'm not on any, I'm not on any lists. So no, not yet. Well, the FBI has got you on at least one though, for sure. Oh yeah. I meant the sex offender list. Oh, okay. okay, okay, okay. Oh yeah. Definitely the Arab who's been to the homeland list. I'm on that <laughs> one for sure. Homelander. Um, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, like I definitely feel like this game is very self-conscious about like, oh, near Automata, that's popular. Let's do that. Oh, Persona, that's popular. Let's do that. And like, it's just very soulless and it's very bad. And, and it, okay, so here's the funny thing. I was playing Code Vein. I was like, wow, I'm weirdly into this despite hating pieces of it. And then like, I took a break to play Scarlet Nexus. I finished my playthrough of it where I was like, I can't take anymore. I'm fucking done. And then I was instantly like, I'm going back to Code Vein. <laughs> and <laughs> what I realized about Code Vein is that like Code Vein, the anime stuff is really only visual or like the upsetting anime stuff is yeah. like only visual. Cause like your relationship with these characters isn't like weird or fucked up or at least as far as I've seen maybe it happens later and I'll be like I'm sorry I take it all back this game is evil but like the relationships are not like weird or problematic the dialogue is not even like that bad it's just kind of like flat in the way that like not great anime dialogue is and I was like I find this a lot more bearable I just like wish the character designs weren't so like gross like male gazy bullshit but then when I play Scarlet Nexus, it's like, this is bone deep, just like brain dead anime bullshit. And there's like one cool idea embedded in it, which is like kind of like the humans in this world ruined it because of like climate change. And I am obviously a big proponent of that idea in like <laughs> any form of media because yeah. it's true. And I think people need to talk about it. But like the, the amount of like terrible boring hacky anime bullshit that it's buried under is so frustrating and like i said i mean i quote unquote played the game for five hours and i feel like i only actually played the action part of it for like maybe 45 minutes it was mm -hmm. to the point where like even at the end of that five hours i was still getting a new update every time i went into a fight that's like here's a new feature here's a new feature here's a yeah, new feature and it's like it's dude i haven't played this game how are you gonna give me new features and abilities i don't even know how to use the last eight that you showed me because i haven't fucking played the game man i'd say the main trope is definitely the jrpg like no it will take you 15 hours for this to like really get rolling yeah which, which is, sucks yeah that always <laughs> that always sucks big but i find myself like really enjoying the combat when it happens obviously and I really like the environments like I like the visual style and design of like the like the skyboxes and the, the little areas you run around in and, and all that stuff so like when I'm playing the game in that way it's it's engaging enough that like I'm okay with sitting through um the cutscenes and the dialogue I've gotten to the point where when I do like any of the side shit I just like skip past it really yeah, because you can generally it's, tell where a lot of that stuff's going if it's going anywhere at all, and you know, you, yeah. you know when you're seeing something that's a little more story critical. So, yeah, I'm I'm at least finding my way around like what to watch, what not to watch, so I can kind of streamline the process, which is a design flaw, of course. If you're yeah, if you've made a game <laughs> where people have to like game, like how to like take the story in without like losing any like key stuff and whatnot. Like you've obviously made a, a couple errors, but yeah, I mean, I, I just think that like part of the reason it goes down so poorly is number one, I like want to play a video game. And like, if you compare this to like near automata, which is like clearly its biggest influence, the balance between story and gameplay is just so much better. And the, I mean, the gameplay is also a lot better, but even putting that aside, just, the story gameplay balance, the way the story is told, it's so much better. It's so much more kinetic. It's still centered around like what you actually do in the game, which is just exploration and fighting. Mm -hmm. And then when you play this game, it's like, 
okay, the balance is way off. So then now I'm going to look at the story. What's going on with the story? It's just not good. And it's, it's not very unique either in the way that it's not good. <laughs> like when I was trying to get a new to new anime, I would find countless series where it's like, oh, that's a cool idea. And then you sit down and watch it and you're like, well, this is awful. Like this is horrible. Even though at the core of it, there is a cool idea and there's a world mm-hmm. that's like not bad, but it takes more, man. It takes more than that. Well, you know, I mean, you were either molded by anime or you adopted it, you know? <laughs> I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> you wouldn't. <laughs> you just don't get it. You don't get it, mom. <laughs> She's my wife. <laughs> we have a connection. You wouldn't understand. We have a it social link, okay? It goes beyond the physical. <laughs> Uh, we oh, send once, you get, once, you, once you get that USB powered flashlight hooked up, it it goes to physical, baby. <laughs> we send each other brain messages. You don't understand. Okay, I do like that. They're just like check your brain messages in, in Scarlet Nexus. Oh my god, that is dude. like kind of novel to me in a weird way. That was what pushed me over the edge, though. Where it's like <laughs> you fuckers want to talk so bad that you even talk when I'm trying to just play the damn game. It's like shut the fuck up, dude. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I think that like, I think weirdly like Code Vein is a much easier sell despite the visuals and, and character design stuff being so awful. Like the fact that there's a really fun game that you can play uninterrupted for hours at a time uh, means that it's like actually doable for me as opposed mm-hmm. to Scarlet Nexus where it's just like, dude, this game's a mess. I don't know what the hell this is. And I think... I don't know, people comparing it to Code Vein or people saying that it's anything that would appeal to people who like Near Automata or Dark Souls or any of that shit, that is false. Um, that is incorrect. This is just anime. Yeah, I don't know where that came from because, it, you know, like I, I see some obvious parallels to like Nier, yeah. but um, I don't know how it got to this like, oh, it's a Souls game. I'm like, it's, it's, not. it's not. No. Like there's there's some aspects of the combat that are you know a little deliberate, but that's I wouldn't even say that's unique to Dark Souls. It does feel more like a kind of like a a pared down Devil May Cry sort of yeah. Even system. like like I get that Nier's the big influence, but I thought of Devil May Cry yeah. way more, especially with like there's like kind of a a I don't know if it's you're supposed to just knock every enemy into the air and juggle oh, them. Oh, yeah, no, I am always doing that. The second, yeah. the second they <laughs> yeah. kind of stagger, I'm like, it's time to send this fucker up. Yeah, like, I don't know if you're supposed to play it like that, but it's definitely the most effective way to just burn through any level is to just knock every enemy yeah. into the air and just air combo them. So at that point, I was like, this is just Devil May Cry. I mean, there's a layer of complexity and, like, menus and shit that reminds me of Nier Automata, but, like, the actual way you play the game is just straight up Devil May Cry, but it's Devil May Cry with like Pokemon, like elemental weaknesses thrown in. But it's like, you know, you know what it's like? It's like if in between every like short level of the original Devil May Cry, you had to watch a whole episode of Pokemon. It's just grueling. So it's if Hideo Kojima's like 10 year old son made Devil May Cry. Yes, that is exactly what it is. And like, I don't know. I mean, read, like I said, reading about where the story goes, I was also like 50, 50 between like, this is an interesting and cool idea. And also this is literally just near automata with like a slightly different coat of paint. So (laughs) I don't even know if I can give it credit for like the parts I didn't play probably get more interesting. I just, Mm -hmm. I think this game was terrible. Um, And I'm sorry I gave it to you for your birthday. <laughs> oh, I, no, I love it. I've had a lot of fun playing it, and I will keep playing it until I decide I don't want to anymore. So, well, well, that's good. See, it, it's it's nice. We both are leaving the episode with something we like. I have <laughs> I have titty souls, and yeah. you have a Pokemon Automata, and we're yeah. all happy. <laughs> I mean, it's important because I, like I've met countless people that love to be like, no, this JRPG gets really good after ten hours. You just have to stick with it, and I'm like. No, I don't have to. I don't ever have to play it ever. 
Yeah. Which is like true. You don't ever have to play Scarlet Nexus, but I know some people out there, the sort of people that will like sit there and power through like a few dull hours of something waiting for it to like kind of pick up steam. So, right. I think with how cheap this game has gotten um, and how like overlooked it kind of seems to be because I don't need like there's a lot of weird caveats, I think, to it, but I don't think it's a bad game. And I think that much worse games get a lot of attention. So, you know, yeah. I think there's worse things you can do if you're prepared for certain types of bullshit um, than paying yeah. a few bucks to play Scarlet Nexus. So, yeah, I mean, I got it for 10 bucks. So that's not bad at all. Um, Steal. I just, yeah, I just don't think it's fun. I just, I did not like it at all. Yeah, but well, you also didn't like Souls games two years ago, so. Huh. Yeah, but I'm definitely not going to have a heel turn where I start liking really bad anime. No, I, I can The world's gar- getting darker by the second, so don't don't assume too much, all right? <laughs> I can guarantee that, dude. Okay. I will read a book before okay. I do this shit again. This You've shit read sucks. a book before, you're already in the clear. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's right. It's all you need. Uh, one under the belt. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I read Catcher in the Rye, and that was <laughs> I'm good, dude. One Goosebumps book for me, please. <laughs> oh, Bees from the East. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs>